It is a joy and privilege to be with you, to lead you in God's Word, opening God's Word with you. Just wanted to mention uh, that I was here eight years ago uh, for the very first trip as missions coordinator, and I was so warmly received in your congregation. Quentin, of course, was uh, the associate pastor, but I had a wonderful time uh, gathered uh, with God's people here, and I just look forward to my time with you this week. But today we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Please turn with me in your Bibles there. We're going to be reading together the first 16, 17 verses. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord." through whom we have received, received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know if you heard about the storm that we had on the East Coast a few weeks ago around Christmas time, but it was a tremendously powerful storm. They talked about it for days beforehand, and the warnings for this time at least came true. They, the storm actually came with tremendous power, but we had tremendous winds, we had tremendous snowfalls, areas around us got up to six feet of snow. 
Now, kids, I don't want you to get jealous living in Southern California to think about that much snow. It's a lot of fun. But the reality is it was a storm that we hadn't seen in decades. And any of you who have lived in the East, you know that when a storm like that comes, normally the winds before that storm will tell what's coming. We talk about nor'easters, we talk about that dominant east wind, and it might be a a beautiful sunny day, but when that wind begins to blow, you know something's coming. Now, brothers and sisters, today in our society, in many ways, it feels like a wind is blowing. Change is in the wind. And over the last few years, we have seen some tremendous cultural shifts, haven't we? Ideas and concepts that were considered once good and honorable, now they're considered old-fashioned and out of date. Where in the past, Christianity was perhaps considered a, a belief that one could hold and respectively be respected in the community, brothers and sisters, today many times the Christian faith is openly ridiculed. Increasingly, we're considered uneducated And it's difficult to function in the public square. And I know that's true here in Southern California, in Canada as well, the tide seems to be changing. It feels like that north wind is blowing. It feels like a storm is coming. And today, as we look at the book of Romans, brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul is writing to Christians living in the city of Rome. Maybe some of you have had the opportunity to visit Rome. It's an incredible place, even though most of the city is in ruins, at least the old sections. It's amazing to see what is left, what Rome must have looked like in that day. In the day of the Apostle Paul, would have been incredible. But brothers and sisters, we know that it was the sin city of the modern world It was very much a place where sin and decadence were celebrated. The description Paul gives later in the chapter, it's strikingly similar in many ways to our own culture. Very open-minded, very woke, we can say. And sometimes we think that in our present day, things are so different. But brothers and sisters, really, when we think about it, the things that we are beginning to live, in many ways, we are just beginning to come back to what the New Testament church lived. And it is in this context that the Apostle Paul is speaking in in verse 16. He makes a very remarkable statement. Look with me there again. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That's going to be the focus of our study this morning, and we're going to see three things very simply. First of all, I am not ashamed of the gospel, what that means. Secondly, because it is the power of God unto salvation. And then thirdly, to everyone who believes. Paul begins by saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, when you are ashamed of something, you don't want everyone to know about it, do you? 
Kids, maybe you've had this happen to you that you got a bad mark on a math test and you really didn't want to tell your parents about it because you were ashamed of the mark that you got. You didn't go home carrying that paper up front. Now here the Apostle Paul is saying, there is something that I am not ashamed about. There is something that I want to say to you loud and clear. In other words, he says, I am excited to announce the good news of Jesus Christ boldly and freely to everyone and anyone who will hear it. Anytime, any place, I am excited about the good news of the gospel. And brothers and sisters, we need to ask this question, why was this? How could the Apostle Paul have this kind of confidence? Now, if you're visiting with us this morning, you might not know the backstory on the Apostle Paul. Formerly, his name was Saul. He was a man who had been raised in a different tradition, a man who had rejected the Christian faith. He was hardcore anti-Christian. Yet we know that God worked in his life in a powerful way, in a miraculous way. If you go to Acts chapter 9, the book of Acts is a history book in the New Testament. It there explains that he was stopped in his tracks on the road to Damascus. The apostle came to know Jesus face to face. Jesus radically changed the life of Saul that day. So this wasn't just theory for Paul, but this was the way that God had directly and powerfully worked in his life undeniably. And if you go back to verse 1 of chapter 1 here in Romans, what does it say? This is what the apostle Paul understood. He says, I was called to be an apostle. I was set apart for the gospel of God. This was the task that he had been given. This was the work that God had set him aside for. And Paul was excited about explaining that to everyone who would listen. Now in verse 15, he mentions that there were the wise and the unwise, the foolish and the learned. And Paul himself was a, a man who was very highly educated. We can say that he studied in one of the best schools of his time. He studied, studied under Gamaliel. He learned from a man who was very, very prepared in history, Jewish history. And brothers and sisters, as Christians, we know that there are many fields of study that we can be prepared for. Many of you here, no doubt, have received degrees from Christian universities, perhaps, or public universities. You're using the education that you have received for the jobs that you now hold, and that's a, a wonderful blessing, isn't it? There's great fulfillment in studying to, to dedicate yourself to a particular field, to become an expert, to become a professional. It's wonderful that we have Christians in the public setting in the public world. But 
What Paul here is saying, brothers and sisters, is yes, there are things that you can learn. Yes, there are things that we can learn from the world. Yet that education doesn't prepare you to have a relationship with God. It can help you to understand the physical world, but not the spiritual one. And this is why Paul was unashamedly willing to lay down his life He was willing to speak to the Romans in Rome, the the center of the world at that time. The New York of the entire world. The place where everyone wanted to be and he publicly and unashamedly announced to them again the good news of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, that's an amazing thing because this is a message that came from God himself. It was a message of transformation and hope. And this is a truth that we need to be reminded of again and again, that the Christian faith is not just another option in a whole spectrum of truth. It's not one of the many possibilities out there, But Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And as believers, that is what we are called to share with the world. Unashamedly, boldly, with confidence. Sometimes we use the word believer to refer to Christians only. But when you think about about it, brothers and sisters, really everyone is a believer in something. Everyone is putting their faith in something or someone. And Paul says a little later in this chapter that the world has a certain knowledge of God that they are repressing. They have a God-given desire for something more yet they have a void in their hearts, don't they? And as we speak to our non-Christian colleagues, as we speak to our friends who don't know Christ, this is something we need to remember. We have something that they do not. We have something to share with them that will transform and radically change their lives. And we too are called to speak with conviction. For many years, we had the opportunity to serve as missionaries in Mexico. And it was interesting that many times when people would speak with me as a missionary, they knew that I was a pastor. It was like they would psychoanalyze me. They would look in my eyes and they would would want to know Is this guy for real? Or is it just a job that he has? It's something he gets paid to do, something that the American church wants to do in this foreign country. But people wanted to know, was this real? And brothers and sisters, as we think about our testimony in the world, as we think about the way that we speak with others, this is what people want to know. Are you convinced 
of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know what it means to love and serve Jesus? And that's the question I lay before you this morning. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Paul makes it clear, first of all, that that's not the case with him. He wanted everyone to know who he was. But Paul secondly gives the reason that he's not ashamed, and he says, it's for this, it's because of the power of the gospel for salvation. Well, what does he mean specifically? Well, what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, brothers and sisters, is what happens when the gospel takes hold of someone. When a, a person hears the good news of the gospel and is changed by it, what actually happens in his life? Now, we know that God begins the work of salvation through the work of the Holy Spirit, softening our hearts, making us receptive to God's leading, perhaps orchestrating in our life events that make us see our need for God. Many of the people that I have seen come to Christ came to Christ when they were forced to see their need for Him. Sometimes through something tragic that happened in their life, or perhaps another event. I remember one young man saying to me, he said, Pastor Rich, he said, it wasn't until God gave me my own child that I, I looked in the eyes of my child and I realized I had nothing to teach him. Nothing. But God works in our life, doesn't he? He causes us to see our need for him. He causes us to understand that there's more than just a physical world that we live in. He causes us to understand that there is a God in heaven. But brothers and sisters, there's a point that we need to come to in our life where we understand the message of the gospel. Romans 10 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and that's something that we believe in as a church, that it's necessary for us to understand the good news of the gospel. When you go out into the world, it's into creation, it's an amazing thing. I'm a big fan of camping. I know in Southern California, you have beautiful parks here. I'm sure many of you are fans as well. When you go out into a beautiful, on a beautiful summer's night and you observe the stars away from the city, oftentimes I did that with my kids. We'd lay on the beach and we'd look up at the stars and we'd just be amazed by the awesomeness of the God that created everything we were seeing. That's what the Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. But that's not enough, is it? We need to come to understand the gospel. We might see the power of God, yet we need to understand the way that he calls us to himself. We need to see the negative and the positive. What is the negative? The negative is our sin. The negative is our human nature. The negative is that 
We are sinners in need of a Savior. We need to come to a point where we say, we can't, I can't save myself. I can't live the life that I would like to live. I'm not going to be able to please a holy God with my actions, never. We need to come to the point where we fall down on our knees before this holy God and that we confess our sin, that we turn from that sin and turn to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. And that's the positive, right? That salvation is possible through the sacrificial work of Christ on the cross, that He bore our sins, that He took our place, something that we could never do ourselves. Christ has accomplished. One author said it this way, he said, the gospel is used by God in quickening dead sinners, in enlightening blind eyes, in unstopping deaf ears, in softening hard hearts, in making, in making of enemies friends. All of this is done suddenly, secretly, effectually, and by love, and not by force. And when a person comes to understand that truth, brothers and sisters, it's hugely impactful, isn't it? When you've been transformed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, you have something to say to the world. And I pray this morning that every one of you have come to that point in your life where you have understood the gospel, that you have responded to the gospel. Because when you come to know Jesus Christ, your life is changed in a radical way. That sin that consumed you in the past, the things that you were dedicated to, the things that you love to do, you no longer love to do them anymore. You, you don't want to go down that road. You want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is what Paul says, right, about the Romans. He says everybody was talking about their faith. Everybody was amazed by the change that had, the radical change that had taken place in them. They had a story to tell about what Christ had done in their life. And no doubt many of you this morning also have that same story to tell. I pray that that would be true. But let me encourage you, speak of what Christ has done in your life. The church today needs to hear stories of Christ at work. Our young people need to hear of how Christ has worked in you. I often encourage our older folk in our churches, tell the younger generation of the ways that God has worked and helped you and guided you and led you through your life. It's a powerful witness because the gospel is effectual, the gospel changes lives and we need to understand that the gospel is working today. So Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation. And thirdly, he says to everyone who believes, to everyone who believes, 
to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, the Jews, brothers and sisters, had the blessing of being God's people. They received God's word. The prophets were sent to them. With the coming of Christ, God graciously opened the doors to the Greeks, those who knew nothing about the gospel, those who knew nothing about the truth. But Paul's point is this, that the gospel is not just for the Jews or just for the Greeks. The gospel is for everyone in this world. And you know, brothers and sisters, that is an amazing statement for every person in this world. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every individual in the world needs to hear the good news of the gospel. What does this mean specifically? It means, first of all, that the gospel is for the church. It's for the church. We need to hear the gospel preached again and again on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. Even for those of us who have heard this gospel message many, many times. Don't grow weary of it. That's Pastor Brad's responsibility to preach that gospel from this pulpit week after week after week. The gospel is for the church. Secondly, the gospel is for those who are enslaved and enchained in their sin. Brothers and sisters, we see a tremendous change in the world right now. So many homeless. It's not just in Southern California. You come to Canada, it's the same deal there. My town, Brantford, Ontario. You know, we left Mexico, moved there. We thought, wow, it's going to be different first world developing world. In many ways, our town that we moved to in Canada was more needy for the gospel, more evidence of the effect of sin there, even than in Mexico. But the gospel is for those who are enslaved and chained in their sin. The gospel is for those needy folk that we see all around us today. The gospel is for those who are in jails who literally are chained because of their sin. We need to pray for Pastor Ken Anima and Nathan Brummel as they bring God's word. There are different ministries that bring the gospel to those in jails. The gospel is for those who have never heard. Those who know nothing of the gospel who have never heard the name Jesus. Perhaps some of you know the work that's going on in Uganda. The Folkerts, one of our pastors in the URC, is working with the, the team there in Karamoja. Last year I had the opportunity to go there for a period of time, but it was truly incredible to see the need for the gospel there. People who knew nothing one of the toughest places in the world to work, yet that gospel was going out there. What an amazing thing. The gospel is for those who have never heard. And brothers and sisters, it's not just in faraway places, is it? 
Recently, I was talking with one of our young people who was doing an outreach in our community locally, and they were speaking with some young people, and they were teaching them about Jesus Christ. And one of the children said, what is Jesus? Not even who is Jesus, what is Jesus? So in our own communities, there are many who have grown up knowing nothing of the name of Jesus, knowing nothing of the Bible. And that's our responsibility as a church to bring the gospel to them. And brothers and sisters, the gospel is for the culture in that we live in, that we live in today, for the wealthy, for the sophisticated, for the individualistic, for the tree-hugging, anti-Christian Californian. Every person needs to know of Jesus. I was recently speaking with someone who works with high-end lawyers in Canada. Some of the best that we have. Extremely successful people, people making a ton of money. Yet even in that crowd, there is such brokenness, such sadness, such a need for hope and for redemption. John 10, 10, there Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So as we close this morning, remember this. Christ calls every one of us not to be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Jesus said, I have come to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. That is the message that we have the privilege to share as the church of Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you so much for these words, this powerful verse that we've seen again this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the calling that you have given to us as a church. Lord, that we are to be a light in a world of darkness. Lord, we pray that even in the times that we live when it's increasingly difficult to be a Christian, Lord, that we too would have this kind of boldness that we would be willing, Lord, to declare to the world the power of the cross. And Lord, that may that be true in our own lives, first of all. May we understand who Jesus is. May we understand what it means to turn from our sins and repentance and turn to you in faith. Lord, would we understand that we have now been transformed from the kingdom of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of light. Lord, may that be a reality that we live in from day to day. And Lord, may you use us, even in a small way, even with our faltering words, 
Lord, to speak to those around us of the power of Jesus Christ at work in sinners like us. Lord, we thank you, we praise you for these things, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.